0: Welcome to the Empowering the Light podcast. Woot, woot. I'm Lilia Gustin, lightworker, womb wisdom, guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things love and light, empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. I cannot wait for you to dive into this next episode. And I honor the light that you are spreading in this world. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. We have Madison Ayers with us, and I am so excited to have her on this podcast. We just started like vibing right away when we started talking about this. with all the cool content we're going to bring you today, but thank you so much for being here, Madison.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Yes, it is my pleasure.
0: So Madison Ayers is a body acceptance and self-love enthusiast who is on a mission to help women heal the relationship that they have with their body. Through years of self-study and spiritual exploration, she she was able to create and streamline a powerful process that empowers others to move from self-doubt and self-deprecation to wholly accepting and loving all that they are and came here to be, body included. She now teaches other women how to foster this relationship with themselves so that they can move beyond the obsession with the physical self and reclaim a connection with the higher self. I love that. That's Thank so beautiful. You. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> that was so powerful. So there's like so much. We were just talking before we started hitting this recording. There's, there's so much that we want to talk about today. But before we get into all of that, I would <laughs> love for um, our listeners to kind of hear your story of how you even came to this body of work. And
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. You hear. No pun intended, body of work. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. I'm so happy you caught that. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So my entire sort of like journey with my own body began at a pretty young age. So it like breaks my heart to think about, but I started having a complicated relationship with my body when I was only 10, which is so young, but I think also really common. And I think that it's happening a lot younger and younger these days, which is a big part of the reason that I want to do the work that I do to sort of like prevent this sort of body hate mentality moving forward in future generations of women. But my complicated relationship started young, obviously. And I started like kind of becoming aware of the size and shape of my body. And I'm like such a zero to 60 kind of girl that I developed an eating disorder pretty quickly. And so my mom, who's like very, very in tune, she noticed and got me into treatment So my first sort of like bout, I was probably a year to two years and then through middle school and high school, it was sort of getting worse again and then going to treatment and getting better and getting worse again and then going to treatment and getting better. And it always um, coincided with starting middle school or starting high school and starting college, which is really, really typical for eating disorders. Um, But through middle school and high school, it was anorexia. And then when I got to college, I, it got really quite bad. I think that being away from home was a part of that too, you know? Um, But I came home for the summer after freshman year and I was like, I want to get healthy. Like I'm kind of tired of being in this eating disorder space. Like I want to make a change. This isn't, this isn't fun for me. And um, I went back for my sophomore year of college and I had this overwhelming feeling. I was like, I am not supposed to, be at this school. So at the time, I was at Washington State University, which is on the east side of the state, whereas I'm in Seattle on the west side of the state. And so that was before I even knew it, like following my intuition and like listening there. But I didn't have words for that yet. I just was like, I gotta go. And so I ended up leaving school and thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna go home and live in Seattle again and be happy and healthy, which obviously is not the case. You can't like run from your problems, they come with you and like, which i think we've all tried that before i'm like it's location oh, yeah. dependent it's like it's not location dependent <laughs> so i went back home and um started going to a community college in seattle and i don't even know when the flip happened but i went from being anorexic to being bulimic and that's when it got to the point where i it was really 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 taking a toll on my day-to-day life because it would be hours out of the day of binging and purging and it got to a point where i was like oh my god i i cannot live this way anymore like i had thought that i was at my worst point before and that's why i like wanted to come home and i think that it had to get bad enough to get to the point where it then a change needed to be made um, so my dad, I'm very, very thankful, but he said to me, he was like, you, I, I will pay for this treatment one more time because it ain't cheap. And you can either use these tools to change your life or continue down this path. And like the thought of being this way as a 40 year old or like 60 year old, you know, was terrifying. And so I finally like decided to do the work and like dig in. I went to treatment. It was outpatient, but it was five days a week. So I would go in, do, like, group therapy, solo therapy, things like that, and then still stay at home. And I, all things considered, like, healed my eating disorder. I didn't have a clinical eating disorder anymore, which is beautiful and, like, no small feat. It was really challenging. Um, But that was the first time that I really experienced, like, really intense personal growth and realized, like, I have control over my perspective and the thoughts that I allow govern my mind and really sort of like reclaiming my like headspace. And I had this like, aha, where I'm like, damn, I'm in control of like what I allow in in my mind and like what I subscribe to. And so I kind of reached this plateau after doing all this like really heavy lifting inner work. And A year went by. So that was in, let me think here for a second. So that was in probably like 2013 was the year that I like really kind of like called it quits and was like, I healed that. Hell yes. Like finally lifelong battle, like come to an end, which it never comes to an end. You're constantly, you know, dealing with it. But I had really gotten the tools that I needed to, to keep my eating disorder at bay. Um, and then I kind of plateaued like, I got to this point where I was like happy and healthy, all things considered. And I didn't have a clinical eating disorder anymore, but I still was constantly thinking about my body all the time and thinking about what I was eating. And I would make decisions based off of what I thought it would do to my shape and my size. But I was just like every other woman in America. Like I wasn't like, oh, that girl is really sick and needs help. And so at this plateau, I sort of realized over the course of 2014, I didn't really do much work or have any like big strides. And I'm like, love self-growth. Obviously, I think that anybody that's in this sort of industry is always like, self-development, how can I better myself? Like, yes, definitely. like 100%. And so I, 2015 came around and I was like, screw this. Like, I am not going to just live my life constantly, like subtly aware of my body and what I'm eating. Like, there's gotta be more out there. There's gotta be more to me. There's gotta be more to life. Like this isn't it. And so I started sort of exploring spirituality and I'm kind of lucky because I was raised with no religion whatsoever. And so I was a blank slate where I think that some people kind of have to do almost like rewiring and like, you know, breaking down their old beliefs and then creating new ones. But I was a blank slate and i just went out there and started learning all about spirituality and i found a gabby bernstein book which i feel is like everybody's gateway drug they're like oh hell yes like it's like the perfect like i don't even know how i found her but at this point so it was 2015 so five years ago i was 23 like finishing up college because i ended up bouncing all over the state and went from washington state university and then graduated from the university of washington but i found her work like right before I was about to graduate with a psychology degree. And I felt this like deep knowing, I was like, I'm supposed to do something like this, but I had no idea what it was, how this was even a career, like what this work was. And so I just sort of got that feeling and I knew, I was like, it's going to be in helping women, but I don't know what that means and what that looks like yet. And then I graduated, got a normal job. It's almost like the spirituality. It was like recreational at that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it was all just so that I could like grow and expand and discover more about myself. And so I, for the next gosh, five years up until this point was really just doing a lot of like self-exploration and like getting my hands dirty and like meditating and journaling like crazy and listening to podcasts and books and just doing a lot of like learning Um, and then the crazy thing is, is that I never got to a point cause I'm actually still in, um, I'm in women's health actually for my day job. So I do pharmaceutical sales and women's health. So it actually ties into my work now. Um, but I never got to a point where I like, I love my job and it wasn't like, oh, I need to do a different career. I need to do something else. But that voice that I heard in 2000. 15 got so loud that I was like, I can't not follow this like intuitive guidance that I'm being given to like start creating this space to help women like step into the highest expression of themselves and make peace with their body. So finally I was like, all right, if I, if I'm going to listen, I need some like details. Like, what is this going to look like? What am I going to specialize in? Like, I'm like, I'm saying yes, but I still need to like know what that will entail. And so I was meditating one day and it just like slapped me across the face that there's so, like, it was so clear. It was crazy. And this was last January. So January of 2019. Um, and it was just so clear. I got this download. It was like, there's so many tangible resources for women to change their bodies and they're readily available everywhere online, but there's very few. And if they're out there. You really got to dig and know what you're looking for of like resources that help you shift the relationship that you have with your body instead. Because that's when I really started to notice a profound difference is it wasn't when I was doing a certain diet or workout program. It was when I was using all these spiritual tools and getting to know myself beyond just my physical body, my sort of obsession with the physical self just started to slough away. And before I knew it, like it almost wasn't intentional. But before I knew it, I had made peace with my body. And so I was like, that is a secret sauce. Like, it's not trying to change the way that you're eating or exercising. Like, it's getting to know yourself beyond just the physical self and starting to nurture and develop that part of yourself that then makes you come home to and feel like at peace with your physical vessel because then you understand, oh, this is just a portion of who I am, but it's not the end all be all.
0: Oh. Yeah. oh my gosh that was so powerful <laughs> oh thank you yes. thank you I was sitting here listening I was like I resonate with so much of this because yes definitely like it's healing that relationship I had the same thing like I had a toxic relationship with my body but it was because of my period and because of my menstrual cycle mm. um and after I healed that relationship that I had with that cycle in my body like everything shifted like my symptoms shift like most of them shifted, but like, it wasn't so much that like the physical shifted. It was like my mentality
1: completely changed around it. It was so powerful. Yes. Cause it's changing the way that you look at your body and relate yes. to it. Because like when you stop and think for a second, like how powerful, like menstruation system, for instance, like you are literally the portal to life. Like you are growing a human being and like housing life, I always host with, or, um, I always joke with my pregnant friends. I'm like, you're like a host body right now. Like, you know that, right? Like you are literally growing life and like birthing it through you. And like, instead of constantly thinking about all the things that you don't like about your body and the experience in your body, if you can stop and shift and think about how amazing it is and like all that it does for you and all that it's capable of and like how it's one job is to support you and your own life while also caring for this other life that you're able to create, like it's mind blowing and yet we're taught to hate this. And it's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yes. No, it really doesn't. I actually just did a post on Instagram today. It was about like, why is like a woman's body also always seen like in this like erotic sense? Like why is like a naked woman always seen like voyeuristically instead of like for Mm -hmm. the amazing strength that your body holds? I mean, like we breathe, Without having to tell ourselves, like, breathe, like, our whole body functions yes. on its own. It's so
1: amazing. It's this, like, incredible machine. And I think that there's a lot of, like, when you experience, like, mistrust within your own body, it's like you don't trust it to do what it's literally built to do, which is, like, keep you alive, reach homeostasis. Like, I always tell my girls that I work with, I'm like, your body is smart, like, it knows what it's doing. And I think it's silly that, like, We trust it to like breathe, keep our heart beating, keep our blood pumping, like all of these things. But when it comes to size, we're like "Mm, smaller, like (laughs) it knows what size it wants to be. Like it knows where its level set is and it knows, yeah, like what it needs to like be in order to be healthy and thrive. Yet we, we want to control this one element where like we would never try and control the way that our heart beats.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely, and I feel, too, like, how you you use that term, like, machine, and and it brought me back to the idea, too, that, like, we're, like, our body, like, we're not our body, and I know, like, you and I were talking about this, like, right before we got on the recording, like, it's, like, this beautiful vessel, this beautiful tool we have, and it's part of us, but
1: it's not all of us.
0: Mm -hmm. It's, like,
1: it's a sliver, and I think that in some ways, we over-identify with the body, and and also under-identify with the body, because we over identify with it because we're constantly thinking that it's all that we are and when we're in that space where we're trying to control the way that it looks it really is like you're like this is me and this is all that I have to control and so then you're over identifying with it but at the same time we like under identify with it because it's not taught to drop into the body and actually feel and experience it for what it is and we're almost like experiencing it from the outside in, instead of like from the inside out. So it's this like dichotomy of like thinking that you're only your body, but at the same time, not really even being able to fully understand and come home to your body. So it's being able to like find that middle ground where it's like, this is a portion of who I am and it's beautiful and amazing and I appreciate it so much, but let's move beyond it. Like let's start to recognize, well, who, I am, who am I beyond my body? Like. What are these other parts of myself that could be like activated and almost like come to life if I paid attention to fostering, developing those instead of constantly spending all of my time and energy on altering the physical?
0: Yes. Yes. And that, like that idea of, yeah, like transcending the body. I've been, um... So for anyone who's listening, if you, like, follow me on Instagram, you probably know I'm, like, doing yoga teacher training right now. Yes! And I'm, like, right in the middle. I know. I'm so excited. But, like, I'm reading, like, the Bhagavad Gita and all these, like, yogic texts. And they're all about, like, transcending your physical body and, like, finding, like, your true self that's beyond the body. Because, like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, that's just, like, one sliver of who you are. Um, and, again, we were, like, talking about this right before the recording of, like, finding that, like, true, authentic self and that relationship like how like balancing out that relationship between the body and then what's beyond the body
1: and being able to like use the body as a tool to sort of like bring to life all of the things that this higher self is here to bring to life it's like really ultimately your body is a tool like it allows you to like move from place to place and like go and experience different things in life and like Run and jump and play and like experience what it is to be a human, it's just like a part of the play of that. It's not, I mean, it's not just like the end all be all of who you are. And I think that, like, the thought that we came here just to like try and lose 10 pounds, it's like, no, 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 like, there's so much more to the life experience. And if you're only looking at your body as something that you need to shrink and mold and control, then you forget. All of these other amazing elements that it's here to like help you experience and like to be grateful for those
0: yeah, yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned too your higher self and like how like finding that part too for anyone who's listening and doesn't really know what that term means, um, could you explain a bit like the difference between um like your physical self and your higher self and like what that is exactly for
1: anyone who's not sure? Yes, totally, so the way that I kind of think of myself is almost like my body is like a shell that houses this part of me, but it's only a sliver of who I am. But there's all these parts of me that expand beyond it. Like my heart, my soul, my mind, like all of my traits that aren't physical and all of the parts of me that can't be seen and described as Madison airs a five, seven brunette, you know, like these aspects of me that aren't physical, they're not definable, they're not tangible. And it's more sort of like the energy behind who I am as a person and who I am as like an energetic being that has come into this human experience and how I can bring those elements into this world in this lifetime.
0: Oh, I loved that. Okay. That was
1: so. That was so awesome.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. No. Definitely. I think that that will resonate with so many people who are listening right now. And if you are listening, like taking a second and and thinking about like what are those characteristics that you have? Like what are those traits? Those energies that go beyond your physical description? And like how can you make room for those to shine?
1: Mm-hmm. In, in and, like- life. Get to know those parts of yourself. Because I think that if we are always so consumed with just how you look, your appearance, your body size, what you're eating, I mean, you only have so much like mind space, you know? Like, you, and I think that it's funny whenever someone's like, I'm such a good multitasker. I'm like, you really aren't. Like, there's like (laughs) humans cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. Like, it's been proven we are one trick ponies when it comes to attention. And so, If you're constantly thinking about how to shrink and mold yourself, and that's the one thing you're focused on, then you aren't able to sort of explore like, okay, well, how do I want to make people feel? What do I want to create? Like, what do I want to like impact in this lifetime? How do I want to experience my life? And what do I want to like build? And what do I want my life to look like really? Like those sort of deep diving questions, you don't leave space for them because you're constantly consumed with the way that you look
0: yeah yeah that actually brought me back to a bit of my like I used to when I got out of high school I pursued a career as a professional ballet dancer um yeah and the ballet world is very much like that where you have to um most of the ballet world the contemporary ballet world is different but like classical ballet it's like you need to look the part if you want to get the part like there's a very certain body image in each company has a different body image that they enjoy, but it puts so much stress and mental strain on the dancers to try to look that way, especially if they're they're so naturally beautiful in a different way from that, that original works. image. Um, and it does it like consumes like mentally like i I had like saw so many people who like that was their main focus was how can I change or make my body or make my appearance fit into this like cookie cutter ballet dancer and as soon as like everybody I know as as soon as every dancer I know that like left that world like it was all of a sudden this like space was opened up like, oh
1: gosh huge, yeah
0: huge space of like what their life could be when they stopped trying to make their body look a certain way and actually just like embrace it and it's so beautiful watching that transition and going from watching individuals who may have eating disorders or who were having problems with alcohol to all of a sudden like fully blossoming mm. it's like their magic it's, yeah. it's so beautiful watching that from the sidelines um but it's so sad of how these like beautiful art that is like all about beauty takes away the individualistic beauty of like a person and how 100%. they percent.
1: And then the irony too, is that dance is something that can be such an expressive and beautiful way to experience your body and move your body and like really drop into your body and feel it. And just like, like it can be like play, you know, like dancing is fun. And obviously I, I never did ballet and I know that it's much more like precise and there's, it's an art, but it's still a way to like really experience your body. And then it's just completely like that life is sucked out of it. I feel like when it's made to be this like oh you have to do and look a certain way to like to do ballet correctly.
0: Yes oh I totally agree and I even like went through like a phase where I was like dressing the way I was supposed to dress as a ballet dancer wearing my hair the way it was popular wearing makeup and for anyone who like knows me personally like I don't wear makeup anymore (laughs) just like (laughs) I cannot stand makeup on my face it like just doesn't feel good and I like went through a time period as I was a dancer where I wore makeup every day and I just felt so outside of my body. Like I just felt Mm -hmm. so like not myself, the way I was dressing, the way I was being, the way I was accessorizing myself. Um, and it was because I was putting focus on that, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that with appearance in particular, like Glennon Doyle's new book, which full disclosure, I'm like two chapters in, I have like the worst book. I read like eight at a time and like, we'll like jump around and like, God knows if I'll even finish one, but I've been listening to some of her book. And there was this one line that struck me and it was how much of this was my idea. And it's like with your appearance, it's like you, that wasn't your idea to like wear makeup and look a certain way and adorn yourself in a certain way. It was just around you. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. And that's like So common, so common is just for women to see all of this messaging around them of how they're supposed to look. And then they internalize that without even like taking a second to be like, wait a minute, where did this come from? Why am I internalizing this? And do I even want this? If it's not my idea, like you have the choice to either like subscribe or not subscribe to a certain belief system about the way that you need to look.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, being in that and, like, having yourself fighting it, like, while also doing it, like, I feel like a part of me was, like, like, why are you, like, this doesn't feel like you, but the other part of me is, like, but I'm also, like, trying to fit in, and it wasn't until I went to art school that was, like, Whoo, you can be and do whatever you want and express yourself Mm -hmm. however, that I, like, really felt like I was, like, in my body in a new way, where I was, like, oh, yeah, I can, like, dressed in, like, five different crazy patterns in the same outfit, and it's just fancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
0: artistic. <laughs> Great. I was like, yes. I can just do how, what I want in my body now, but it's, like, interesting seeing that, like, and, like, how you said, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, and I think that also knowing that, like, as women, we can do and be anything and so many different things. It doesn't have to be, oh, this is your one look. You know what I mean? Because like, I very much so love not wearing makeup. And I also like putting makeup on sometimes, you know, like it kind of is like, depending on like the mood, but I think it really comes down to like why you're doing it. Because if you're doing something and sort of like presenting yourself in a certain way for any sort of like external validation or external like acceptance or to like, almost like be noticed sort of thing or like stand out or to fit in. Like one of those, either one of those two things I feel like are equally as detrimental, but it's like one thing can be very different to two women. It's like why you're doing it. Like, are you doing this because it makes you feel good and this is how you feel empowered and beautiful? Or are you doing this because you think that you need to in order to like get acceptance? It's like never the what, it's the why. I love that. So, for any of our listeners who are like trying to transcend that, like,
0: uh, completely like mental chatter around their bodies and like their physical appearance and how they identify with their bodies and want to transcend that, but also want to be able to express themselves and find that, find that like balance between having that consume them and also being able to just
1: express themselves how they are. Do you have any advice for like finding that balance? I think asking yourself, do I feel like myself when I, do this is an important sort of question to ask is like do i feel comfortable and content and like i'm in my own skin when i'm doing this and if the answer is yes then by all means do it and if the answer is no then like explore okay well what's an alternative like what's an alternative way that i could express myself where i do feel like myself in my appearance um and i think also i actually it's funny you asked that because i was on a call with one of the girls that i'm working with right now yesterday and I was like, okay, maybe try not looking in a mirror, in the mirror for a day. Because like when I go camping and I just don't even pay attention to how I look because like I'm out in the freaking wilderness, that's sometimes when I feel the most beautiful. Like maybe not even putting attention on how to present yourself to feel like an authentic version of yourself. Like maybe just sort of looking at, okay, well what if I just don't pay attention to my appearance today? Like. And that way you can get familiar with like what you feel like, like un, what's like disconnected from just an external appearance and then make a decision from that place so that you kind of know, okay, well, this is what I feel like. How can I then sort of incorporate this feeling about myself into the way that I present myself and my body and my appearance?
0: I love that. I, and I feel like it's almost like stripping down, like stripping yourself down so that you can be your authentic self. Mm
1: I would really be you without that chitter chatter. Totally. I think you almost have to get back to basics, especially if you are someone that's been really entrenched in the conditioning of what it is for like your appearance or like a beautiful appearance. Like if you are so entrenched in that, it's hard to just all of a sudden be like, well, then who am I if I'm not this? Like you need to create space first to sort of like incorporate it instead of just switching immediately from like what's expected of your appearance to this totally new appearance like it doesn't have to be this like black and white overnight thing you know like it can be sort of stripping away all of the external getting to the root of who you are and then trying to make a decision from that place instead
0: yeah and I feel like that that's so much easier when you do have that space it's like that self-exploration instead of Absolutely. that like continually identifying as one thing and another thing and trying to identify as your body and then not your body and then this and then that but like having that space Mm -hmm. to explore um I I love that I love that 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 word space I've been really focusing on like space within my own life in the past months Mm -hmm. and I'm like obsessed with this
1: word space
0: um like what it can bring to you
1: it's so empowering and that space I feel like is like spaciousness is a lot of mm why I'm helping people get rid of these thoughts because it is like the space that's created and like when you're not constantly thinking about your body and your appearance, like that space is incredible. Like, okay, one of my girlfriends gave me an example and I loved it. She was like, it's like a um, iPhone storage. Like if 75% of the storage is taken up by photos and let's say that like, photos are the equivalent to constantly thinking about what you're eating, how you're exercising, your body, your appearance. It's like only 25% is left over for all of the other things in life. And it's that same amount. Like you only have a certain amount of space and attention. And if it's filled up with all of these things that aren't actually serving like your highest good and your authentic self, then there's no room for that version of yourself to like peek through. Yeah. Oh,
0: I love that. And it's just like, thinking, like, for anyone who's, like, listening, like, thinking, like, what could you do with that extra space? Like, like, just imagine, like, what you could create, where you could go, what kind of lifestyle you could have. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing.
1: Yes, creation element, like, what could you create if you weren't constantly consumed with this, and, like, what could you just, even if it's not, and, like, I think there's even, like, pressure on needing to, like, build and create and be like, you can just be like, you can literally just be instead of constantly chasing this goal, like just be with yourself and just creating space to just like rest and reflect and literally just be, but instead we're constantly consumed with like chasing this goal. Yes,
0: definitely. And I feel like that's like a current that runs through a lot of my work is like bringing in that feminine energy of like Mm -hmm. finding your worth when you're just being you. And like, when you're Mm -hmm. not, like you said, when you're not searching for something, when you're not being productive, like finding that worth in that, like going with the flow rhythm and just flowing in your life and creating to your, like, that could be like just cooking or like, like doing Mm -hmm. something that like just fills your heart up. Um, and I feel like that, like that idea of like feminine energy flows so much through my work too. And is so powerful. And it's been something that's been such like a, uh, lesson in my own life, of how to not hold on to that like masculine energy of making uh-huh. something and just allowing myself 100%. to be.
1: A sort of like image that I have in my mind too is that like, cause I do think that the controlling the way that you look, controlling your food, controlling your exercise, it does have a very masculine energy and it almost like blocks this flow that it can come through you. Like if you sort of like, and I wish I'm like, I'm such a hand talker. So for anyone that's listening, I'm trying to explain this without like the visual, but it's almost like if you can remove those thoughts that are like blocking this flow. And a lot of those thoughts are often like enforced by a voice that is not very nice. Like it's like the inner critic, the mind chatter, the ego, like if that can sort of take up less space, this other energy that's more like, creative and feminine can flow through you. And you can start to have that piece of you start to shine through because you're not constantly consumed with this self that's always trying to change and control. And this other part of you sort of like flows through that can like allow, and it's like so much kinder and more loving and feels like maternal. And I'm like, if for no other reason, like quitting dieting and unsubscribing to diet culture, like Not only is it better for your overall just like mental space and life experience, but like it just feels better because oftentimes when we're enforcing these thoughts, like we're being assholes to ourselves. And it's like you don't want to live in a head that's constantly like putting yourself down and just like being rude all the time. Like that doesn't feel good.
0: Yes. And like knowing that, like, I feel like it's also so normalized within our society to have that inner critic always going. Mm -hmm. And it's like, And it's just like something that has become this like normal event. And I find I like work with people a lot on this with like, because your inner critic also comes out like in your premenstrual phase. And that's like when it's the strongest. Um, And I work with people for helping them like bring that inner critic so that it only stays in that phase and so that they can like block it out in the other like phases of their cycle and learning how to Use it almost like as like befriend it as a tool and like learn how to turn off the meanness and just listen to the message of it.
1: hundred percent. Ooh, I like that it's a lot. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yes, <laughs> I'm completely honest. It is. Yeah, but it's like it's
0: very it's very powerful being able to turn off that meanness in your mind that you're talking about and knowing that you have the power to do it. Like if you're listening to this, you have the power to turn that off it just may not be like you're saying at the beginning That's like a binary switch like
1: there's, mm-hmm. there's so much more space that needs to happen
0: in the process
1: completely and I feel like also it's it's unrealistic I feel like to be like oh the inner critic is gonna go away like no there's no way it's just it shifts too and it always finds something to target like it's very yep. um but being able to hear it recognize it as such and then be like I don't necessarily believe that Like, I don't need to accept that as true for me. Like, if you have a thought come up about your body and it's like, oh, I don't look good in this, or like, oh, I feel too big today, you can be like, that's not true. Like, that voice is coming from a part of me that's been conditioned for years to have a certain belief about the way that my body looks. Of course, that's going to come up. Like, this is years, literally years of wiring. But to be able to recognize it and be like, that's not true. I know that my body is doing its job for me it's healthy it's you know capable like I'm able-bodied like being able to recognize it and then instead focus on all the things that you're grateful for and appreciate about it and just being like I'm not gonna believe that like I don't need to subscribe to that thought I love that I
0: love that and that goes to the idea that we're like not our thoughts too Mm I remember I used to when I was in high school I really struggled with that I like to have all of these like crazy thoughts come into my mind and when I was 15 I really struggled with it, because I thought they were, I, like, didn't understand where they were coming from, and I, like, identified them with myself, but I was, like, but this doesn't make sense, because I've never had this happen, like, it was, I, like, got super confused with, like, my thoughts, and something that, like, always stuck with me, was my father, like, told me one day, he was, like, you're not your thoughts, like, we all have crazy thoughts, and it's learning how to respond to them, um, and not, like, make them the
1: that's the word I'm looking for? Like, not. Making them the boss, the conductor. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> the
0: word. Thank you. I was, like, completely ran off my, like, train of thought there. That's like you, girl. <laughs> <is some> word. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and knowing that, like, when those thoughts come in, that does, they're not you. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they,
1: you need to identify with them. Like, you're they literally just, like, little neurons firing up there. It's, mm-hmm. like, boop, boop, boop. And a lot of the times, it's just because they've been like firing in that way before, you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily, doesn't have to hold any clout. It's just like literally conditioning. And if you are able to sort of like recognize that and be like, Oh no, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole and create a new neural connection. Then that will then become the thought that's more prevalent. Um, I can't remember what book it is. I think it's hardwiring happiness. I can't remember, but there was a, um, there was a comparison to like having your thoughts be like clouds and your awareness be like the blue sky. And it's like being able to see the clouds go by and it's like, okay, when it's raining, it's very real that it's raining. Like it feels like it's raining and you can't deny that. But knowing like that beyond the rain, there's a blue sky and being able to sort of like take a step back and see the thought as just like a cloud that's floating by and not being so caught up with it being like the ultimate truth.
0: Yes. I feel like that's what, like, where, like, meditation comes in so handy is that's, like, the exact goal of meditation is learning how to distance yourself from those thoughts so that you're, like, observing them, just aware of them, but that they're not, not you. I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I know. It makes you so much less reactive, I feel like, too, if you don't believe everything that you think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for people who are listening and who are like, oh my gosh, I'm resonating with everything you're saying right now. And this, like, I <laughs> like see this in myself or I feel like I do these things. Like what would be the next step? Like what would be the next step in healing this relationship
1: with their body? I think that honestly the first sort of step is kind of getting sick of your own bullshit and realizing like, I don't want to live this way anymore and I don't want to constantly be consumed with my body. Um, and so that's like, obviously ultimate. So if they're like, Oh heck yes. Like, what do I do? I actually take my clients through like a step um, process. And the first is just becoming aware of the inner critic and realizing like, okay, this is the way that I target myself. Like whether it's certain body parts or my overall appearance, or if it's even like my character, like what are the ways that I'm really beating myself up? Because if you don't know what those are, then you can't recognize the thoughts when they come up. And then from there, sort of starting to replace the thought with a kinder, more loving truth. So for instance, if you're like down on yourself about the way that your stomach looks a lot, stopping when you notice that you have a thought come up that's negatively talking about your stomach and being like, well, this holds all of my organs and it allows me to, like, I can feed myself with food that's nutritious and delicious. And like, that's what feeds this tummy and sort of starting to switch the way that you're looking at your body and putting the negative and reframing it into a positive and like something that you're grateful for. And then the third is taking your attention away from all of the thoughts in your mind and turning your attention outward and actually being present in the moment and in the world around you and really starting to use those senses like you know, sight, smell, feeling, hearing, and so that you're more immersed in the world around you and kind of like taking a reprieve from all of the thoughts that are constantly like surrounding your body and appearance. Um, And then the fourth is turning that awareness inward and starting to realize, okay, well, what does it feel like to be present and aware in my vessel? And really starting to experience like, what does it feel like to be in my body instead of constantly looking at my body and having an opinion about it, actually dropping in and feeling, what kind of movement does it enjoy? What kind of food does it enjoy? Like, what are my hunger and fullness cues? And really starting to experience your body as a vessel instead of something to be constantly consumed with just the external appearance. Um, And then the fifth step is like exploring, okay, well, what are things that I actually like to do in life that have nothing to do with changing my body and appearance? So that can be like, art or dance or making music or cooking, like all of these things that could be hobbies and like things that you did as a kid that were so fun for you. Like dance, for instance, that maybe have been lost because your thinking mind is like, oh, that's not productive enough. Like that's not reaching like a means to an end or reaching a goal and just sort of like getting in touch again with like play and like who you are outside of like, oh, I'm like, quote unquote, love hit workouts, but it's like, do you love hit workouts or do you love hit workouts because you think you're going to get the most results for them? You know, like coming home to like what you actually love and enjoy. And then the sixth step is getting familiar with the parts of you that are beyond just the physical self. Like, are you a good listener? What makes you a good friend? What sort of like life experience do you want to create? Like, what do you feel like your purpose is? What do you think you came here to do? Like, what do you want to create It expands into your life and has a ripple effect where you can actually start to be really intentional about what you want your life to look like. Yeah. That was a hell of a spiel. I don't know if you... Awesome, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was so awesome. I love that sequencing. And I was like listening to it. I was like, this makes so much sense. Like with everything that we had been talking about earlier and all the different perspectives you were bringing, it's like all encompassed in these, was it like five five or six? Six steps? Six. Six all of these like beautiful six steps um, that like leads you there without having to have that, okay, now I'm this and now I'm just going to tell myself I'm going to do the other thing, which
1: never works to begin with. (laughs) And the funny thing about that too, I feel like is if you try and sort of make that switch and go like from black to white, then if you like try and skip ahead too fast, then your inner critic can beat you up for not being able to do that well enough. And then you get caught in this like, cycle where it's like you're trying to change too quickly and just like blink your eyes and be a different person but then you can't because it's a process that takes time and it takes practice like coming home to yourself is a process and so then if you're like hard on yourself for not being able to not be hard on yourself and then it's like such a vicious cycle that so, is oh, a little,
0: like tornado
1: yeah like, no yeah <laughs> it takes time. And like, you've got to have grace with yourself along the way too, because this is like years of conditioning that we're undoing here. Like women have been told, I mean, think about it. I started like trying to change the way that my body was when I was 10 years old. Like I hadn't even hit puberty yet for crying out loud. Like this is years, like if not decades of rewiring that we have to do here. And so it does take sort of going through this process in this framework slowly and constantly reinforcing the different steps to actually make lasting change because it's like you're legitimately rewiring the way that you perceive yourself.
0: Yeah. And you're also like doing it like in a society that is very image based. So like, mm-hmm. it's like not only do you have your own conditioning in yourself, but you're always bombarded with it in everyday life. Oh like yeah. A nice thing about quarantine is I think it's giving us like a little bit of distance from hafting to like, depending on what you're doing during quarantine, like, there's still a lot of media going on. But if you choose to, like, you can distance yourself from, Mm -hmm. like, bombardment, which is kind of, it's like a, I feel like that's a
1: gift that we don't usually have, like, when we have to go out and we see advertisements everywhere. Oh, totally. No, that's something that I was talking to my little sister about, actually, was, like, because I asked her, I was, like, I wonder if women who do sort of tend to get a little bit more dressed up and wear a lot more makeup. And that's sort of like the self that they've identified with, which is totally fine. Like I am not in any way, shape or form against that. I'm like express yourself and feel beautiful in whatever way you can, as long as you're doing it for yourself and not for the approval of others. Um, But I asked her, I was like, I wonder if there are people that are becoming more comfortable with themselves not wearing makeup because they're not going out. And like maybe sort of being given permission to not, do themselves up in a certain way or vice versa, you know? And so it's, I do think it's interesting where it kind of gives you the space to make a decision based off of what you actually want and what's comfortable and what you want to do in your life, how you want to like present yourself without being like, oh, I need to go up here in the world a certain way.
0: Yes, yes, I love that. I totally, I feel like I've been watching so many people on Instagram and I feel like that's exactly what's been happening is they're talking so much about like, now we're like feeling comfortable just like lounging around in sweatpants and just like mm-hmm. being ourselves. And I love that they're like coming on and expressing that and being like, um, and it's like it's like you said, there's like a few people who are like, we feel really good when we're getting ourselves dressed up for the day. And then there's the people that are like, oh, we're finally learning how to embrace ourselves, like without all of that. Totally. And I think it's so beautiful to see that like each person is growing in a different way right now during this
1: time. Yes, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. like some days you could want to get dressed up for yourself and like mm-hmm. feel a little bit more like an official, like get ready for the day. And like, sometimes you could want to just wear leggings all day, you know, like it doesn't, you can totally do and be both. And I think that it does get dangerous when we try and put ourselves in a box, even if it's like a a box that you think is for the best. you know what I'm trying? You know what I mean? I know it's like exactly a- what you mean.
0: Yeah. It's like finding that balance and being okay with all versions of yourself and not trying to either <laughs> box yourself into one or the other.
1: Totally. hundred
0: percent. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that that's like so powerful right now. And it goes all the way back to like how we're talking about with like that flow and allowing that like feminine energy flow to come in and just feeling like how you feel each day
1: doing it creatively because it's yeah. the way that you want to be expressed that day. Yes. I do I feel that. like Instagram too, like in quarantine and I did this, gosh, it was probably like a year ago and it felt so good. So I highly recommend for anyone do a goddamn Instagram audit and like unfollow the people that make you feel like unworthy, less than, not good enough, not pretty enough in like any way, just like name them. Because you do have such control over, especially now that we are in quarantine and we're not going out into the world and like really technology is sort of our like connection tool, like being able to control sort of like what you let into your world and what you're being exposed to is really similar to like controlling what sort of thoughts you allow into your mind and accept as truth. Like you have the ability to like curate this little space that is, feels like, safe and home and nourishing and like supportive for yourself. And so I think that now, especially with social media, when people are, it is sort of like the one like vein out into the world. (laughs) Like being intentional about like what you let into your space, I think is really important. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yes. Anyone who's listening, go do that Instagram audit. I think that's perfect. (laughs) I've been like doing that too, where I have like finally giving myself permission to be like, you know what, this account makes me feel uncomfortable every time I turn on my phone. I can just unfollow that. Don't need it. Easy.
1: (laughs) Don't need it. Yeah. It was funny. I
0: did that. And then I also just
1: like unfollowed people that were like in a class of mine in like 2007. And I was like, I also don't like no disrespect. I just don't need to see what's going on. It is like a curating of like, you get to choose like what you're taking in. And if it doesn't like nourish you and i'm not saying like cut people out of your life no absolutely not but if it's something that isn't giving you like a healthy or like not adding really any like juicy value then it doesn't need to be in sort of like your information uptake
0: yeah exactly and it's even like i found like some of those accounts that i had unfollowed but i was like but maybe in the future like i just saved one of their images so i like have it in my saved photos and then i That's unfollowed fair. them and i That's can always fair. like go back and be like okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to, like, go follow this account again, but, like, giving myself that distance is really powerful, and, like, here, like you said, curating my Instagram to make it feel very inspiring to me, so every time I look on it, I feel uplifted instead of being put down,
1: it's so powerful. No, 100%, I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean this can be like really off topic but this has been in the back of my head and I'm really curious at the very it, beginning like an hour ago you yeah. <laughs> mentioned how Gabby Bernstein's book was like one of the like the like the gateway book and one of her books was for me too so I wanted to know which book you read if you remember it um it's the ing one it's the ing one.
1: Oh. ing uh y- your inner ing ooh it was, was the first birth, that one her first book Oh, I love that. Add more ink to your life. That's what it's called. Add more ink to your life. I love it. So it was the very first book, and then I think I read. I read her the Spirit Junkie one. I read um, the Universe Has Your Back. I don't think I need to read that. It was a good one. It was a really good one. Here. I'm uh, a super attractor and love that. That
0: was the same way. That was like my gateway book into like spirituality. Uh,
1: nice. Into like this
0: realm of spirituality.
1: Yeah. She's really good at making it like digestible and accessible while still like having really, really good, important messaging, but not making it like, sometimes I feel like, especially when you first start, you'll read something and you're like, head scratching. <sighs> what does that mean? You know? <laughs> like, yes. So, yeah. So relatable. <laughs> She's very, very good at like communicating truths. I feel like.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with everyone who's listening? Any like final message that
1: you'd like to leave them with? I guess just to be kind to yourself and have grace with yourself and really start to sort of like look at yourself as a friend and having like self-compassion and seeing your body as an ally instead of an enemy I think that sometimes it's sort of this like mind versus body war at some point they splintered off and to really sort of keep in mind that they're on the same team and that they're both here as like a part of you that helps be this whole expression of who you are and who you can be and using those two in combination to sort of bring to life this whole version of you.
0: I love that that was such a beautiful, such a beautiful end thought. Thank you. Um, yes. And everyone who's listening, I hope that you like take that with you, like in your day, in your next week and see how it feels to start embracing that idea.
1: Yeah. Befriending your body.
0: Yes. Love that. Okay. That's going to be the, uh, what's, what am I looking for? The title of the podcast. Ooh, there we okay. go.
1: That's actually one of, on my website, my little like tagline is reframe your mind, befriend your body, restore your soul. I love that. And that's like, so beautiful. This is sort of like what I'm hoping to help people with. Yes. Yes.
0: So if people would like to get in contact with you, people would like to learn more about what you do in your program and are like listening to this and saying, yes, I need to work with her. <laughs> so that's the best way to get
1: in contact with you? <laughs> um, so on Instagram, I'm Madison Ayers. It's just M A D I S O N A Y E R S. And then my website is wwwmadison so like a hyphen Ayers.com. Awesome. And I'll put all that in the show notes here so Wonderful. you guys can find that. Wonderful. Yeah, I like to give away lots of free goodies too. So even if you're not wanting to go through the program, there's still lots of goodies that I'll be giving out too.
0: Yes. And your email list is awesome. Like I'm on her emailing list and it's like so much beautiful information comes through there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That really means a lot. That's so sweet of you. I'm glad that you get value from it.
0: Yes, definitely. Thank you, Madison, so much for being here with us and for sharing your light and sharing all of that amazingly valuable information that I think we can all resonate with. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you to all of our listeners too for holding the space for yourself. I know that this is like a a topic that can be so true to so many of our hearts. And thank you so much for holding the space for you to find a different mindset on how you can do that and how to befriend your body. This is so powerful. And I hope that you leave this episode feeling that power that you have within yourself now.
1: Yes, amen. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys all next time thank you for listening and I yeah I can't wait for you guys to listen more thank you for listening to the empowering the light podcast if you love this episode please share it so that we can spread this light and empowerment to more people I also want to invite you to join my free divine feminine community Within this community, you will receive exclusive content and updates via email, be invited to my free virtual moon circles every month, which are so much fun, by the way, and you'll have access to our private Facebook group that is always being updated with more content and conversation. You can find the link to join on my website, liliagueston.com, spelled L-I-L-I-A-G-E-S-T-S-O-N.com. I can't wait for you to listen to more episodes and would love to know what you want to hear next. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at lilia underscore or email me at lgeston at gmail.com so that we can bring you the content that inspires your true autonomy.